Welcome to another episode of The Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. I'm Chantelle Dyson, a single life confidence coach, helping women to embrace their single life, to know what it's like to go out there and just enjoy yourself on your own. You don't need a man to make your life any better. You can do that all on your own. And I work with people individually through group programs through this podcast to embrace that, to build their confidence, to get over their ex and new for 2023 to actually get back to dating in a healthy way again. This is the final episode of the Single Girls Guide to Life for 2022. It is the first full complete year we've done from the start of 22 to the end. That's because we started in the middle of 2021, back in the July time of that year. So we've been going for over a year and a half, nearly 80 episodes, I think it is. And it has been a whirlwind. Now, for the last two episodes, I've been getting you to think about the last year, how that's gone and getting yourself ready for 2023. And this time round, I'm going to share a more personal one with you and give you my reflections on 2022 and the key things that have been going on. Because every year it's worth taking that time to reflect. And I know a lot of you listen because you want that help, but you also listen because you want to know what I've been doing, what I've been up to, how it's been going. And sometimes that gives you ideas, inspires you that you can go out and do similar things, not the same, because you're not me. You're always going to do it your unique way, individual to you. And that's only right. It should be that way. We shouldn't all be carbon copies of one another. But it is also interesting to hear what someone that is a step, two, three steps ahead of you can be doing. When I first became single, I was turning to podcasts myself. In particular, it was Jay Shetty. I would always owe something to that man from afar, as it were, because of the amount of podcasts I consumed at the time. It wasn't about the ones that were released weekly. It was about the backlog. And I hope this podcast in the same way helps you whenever you find it, whenever it's the right time for you to find the single girl's guide to life, you're able to use it as a backlog. And there is enough to get you through those particular stages. But I think it's interesting to hear about those people in particular and to share with you the events that have gone on this year, the experiences and and where my focus has been on that. Some of you will know some of the focuses because you follow on TikTok and on Instagram and I share that. And obviously I tell stories throughout some of the other podcast episodes too, bringing you stories from other people as well with our interview episodes. But I wanted to really delve in a little bit and share those experiences, the key bits that really stick out to me. So we're going to start off with the biggest thing that happened this year, which was quitting my job. Last September, in September 2021, following having been off work for the summer holidays, but prior to that, six, seven weeks due to uh, an operation, major surgery on an ovarian cyst that had been causing me problems pre-pandemic. We didn't know it was that at the time, so it didn't take that long to get it sorted. It's actually very quick. Once diagnosed and really found, April 2021, I was within surgery in June 2021. So, you know, it just took a while to diagnose it. That was the worst bit, really. And having had that time off and knowing that I couldn't stay away from working, like it wasn't difficult for me. It was merely just the, you know, the scar getting better and being able to walk again. It was essentially the operation that would be the same as if you had a cesarean. That's what I had in the end. So it wasn't easy to get up and walk. I don't know how people do it when they have babies. Like it's insane. You're not meant to lift a kettle or anything. But having had that time off and that time for reflection, I knew I was busy. I started to explore business more and I felt this like desire to pursue that. And so 
I thought, oh, I'll give it a chance when I come back in September and just see how things are. Because there were changes that were going on at school. Lo and behold, within a few days, it was obvious to me what I really wanted to do. So being fair and working with the time scales that you do in teaching, I handed my notice in much earlier than the deadline. That's technically October 31st for the half term. And I handed it in for a, a December finish so that I could then start January 2022 without a job. And it was all really what I wanted. I was clear on what I wanted to be doing. But when January rolled around, prior to that, I'd kind of realised how little structure I would have and how many people I wouldn't be seeing compared to how many that I would see or had been seeing for the last seven years. I worked in fairly well-filled schools. And in the latest school I was at, I think it's about 1,500 pupils plus staff. So you're just going from that amount of people and seeing you know, 30 odd pupils every hour in and out to effectively no one. It wasn't, was it a lockdown? No, I don't think there was any lockdown things. But, you know, I wasn't going into work anywhere. And I knew that this was the case. But I struggled really badly with that. It was a really difficult time. As much as I knew it was what I wanted, the whole adjustment to it was bleak. The time of year probably didn't help, you know, with this whole idea around sad and not being able to get out and about so much. But that added to the fact that I was losing lots of human contact with people, that sense of having loads of stuff to do. I had loads of stuff to do with the business, but in hindsight, like, did I need to to go down to five? I needed to get out of a routine of school. It's difficult to go part-time in a school because sometimes you end up still working just as much as if you were on full-time, particularly if you do four days. Three days may be slightly different, I suppose, but you still have a lot of workload, your headspace is elsewhere, and that's the bit I'd been struggling with. It was only once the supply work really picked up that I actually started feeling better again. But prior to that, it was what I decided upon, similar to Retirement Blues, I had felt particularly down because you you don't realise actually how much time there is in the day when you don't work. My dad, bless his soul, keeps saying to me, he can't wait to retire. And I'm like, I don't know if you're going to cope well with that. Um, my dad works incredibly hard, always has done. It's where one some of my own work ethic comes from. And bless him, he's like, I can't wait, can't wait. I've got loads of little jobs I want to do. But from what I read and what I experienced myself, there are only so many hours in the day that you can fill with those things. And there is a lot of extra time. Like you haven't got journeys to work. You haven't got lunch times where you're with other people. Then it soon runs out what you need to do. And yeah, I found that hard. And everyone else is working because, you know, most of society works normal hours. So it wasn't like I could go and surround myself with other people or keep distracted. And I was doing everything that they tell you to do when you're feeling lower. Um, I did seek help from a doctor, but I was very reluctant against like antidepressants because to me, it was obvious that this was situational. I'm very wary and very cautious of the idea of taking medications for something that had come on to me, what seemed quite obvious what the cause was, as opposed to being some sort of condition that I was finding more difficult. And some people would have made that option to take them. I actually had some beta blockers in the end just to help with that bit, which I don't know if they necessarily helped because... In some ways, maybe they did placebo effect. Maybe they did calm any ideas that I had down. But ultimately, I was going out and doing all the other things that you do have control of, which is keeping in touch with people, leaning on people for support, talking about this problem, going out to the gym, doing all of that kind of stuff. For me, the the change came not from anything particular that I did, but the timing of when supply work 
kind of picked up. And once I had that semi-regularly at the time, that changed everything. Just being back in a school one to two days a week, it all stopped. The weird, spontaneous crying that I would just find myself in went. And I find that so difficult to acknowledge in the January, February. I probably have videos on my phone of those recordings because you're just, it's hard and you know what's caused it, but you don't want to go back into a full-time job because that would be too far the other way. So it was, yeah, this horrible transition-y period that I really struggled in, in the initial bit and something that I hadn't really anticipated as being so detrimental, but I did everything I could and I wasn't afraid of being upset and I wasn't afraid of feeling that way. I think that was a big difference. I didn't cry that much or have so many reactions coming out when I went through my divorce. So it was interesting to me that I was having this reaction. I was letting it out. In in previous times, I would probably have kept things internal and bottled things up, but I was using every tool in the book that I could to get me through. And I did what I could and I kept keep myself as busy as I could in a productive way, not in a necessarily just distracting way. I mean, the really telling bit was when I would spend time with people and I'd feel okay. But then when I left, I would get upset again. That was probably one of the hardest bits of it. And those friendship circles haven't really changed at all. They're still the same friends that I see now. They were the same friends that I saw before, but I was really struggling with that element of being on my own, even though I'm at like this is no different like my week my weeks don't look any different in the evenings like the evenings in fact I see my friends less because I was relying on them less in that sense it was purely those that the sheer number of daytime hours I think and I if you're ever going to retire whether that is it is in your 20s strangely and you're going to shift or if you're going to do that in your 60s phase it phase it down like in hindsight, maybe not the best idea. Maybe. Who knows? At the time, it just didn't seem right or didn't seem like the best thing to do. This was the way I wanted to do it. And it has worked out. I do two days a week now because a new school year has started. I officially do two days a week regularly. And that had become a thing actually earlier in 2021, but not as early as February. And, um, and then now I do kind of average three days. That keeps that busy. And it keeps me busy enough and pays the bills. I wasn't worried about money, interestingly. The, the tears and the worry wasn't about money. I don't know. It was a, it was a sense of purpose, I guess, even though the business is part of my purpose, but maybe just not busy enough yet to fill all the time and just gave me a lot of dead time in some ways. I have lots of little projects. I was going to the gym, but yeah, there was something missing there. And so I did seek help, did those things, and we get through it. And, and the way I felt for 2022 feels weird because that seems like it was so long ago now which it was, you know, in the whole scheme of things, a year ago. But to feel like it's even the same year is is mad. So that was quitting my job. And that brings me then on to like the idea around the business. Um, I thoroughly enjoy what I do with this. The podcast brings me so much joy. I like researching particular topics, delving into them and then sharing with you what I've found, whether that's an accumulation of information over time, because I'm reading books, reading articles, seeing TikTok videos, or if it's something that I really think of and then go deep into finding out about, like there's an upcoming episode that will be called um, Can Women Be Friends With Men? Or vice versa. Um, Can Men and Women Be Friends in general? And the reading on that's fascinating to me. 
it's just topics I find interesting. And from your DMs that come in about what questions you've got, that in particular fills me up in some ways, alongside being a PSHE teacher now, which covers very similar things. I mean, I also have to cover alcohol, drugs and smoking too with the children. So it's slightly different. It's got a, a, a wider coverage of topics but ultimately it's the same principles and we've got personal development choices and then there comes relationships which fascinates me but we also had some really good firsts because I had the space and time and once I did have some element of purpose and stability I suppose I was then able to kind of focus in on the creative side of the business and to me the creative side is not the color schemes I use or the marketing I create although don't get me wrong Obviously, from those that have been involved, TikTok is one of my favorite areas. I love making videos for that, making that as interesting as possible, whether they are the collage style videos of all different things cut together or the things where I just snippet this down and summarize what I've been talking about instead. To me, it is all about thinking about the best ways to help you guys out there. So the Mixer events came out as a fact of we had all these different activities, social activities, because the Single Girls Club started through a meetup group. The problem was is that I wanted to bring more people together in a bigger way so that you had more opportunity to meet more people. So whilst the small group meals were great, it was about being able to enable you to have more opportunities for connections quicker and then move off and have groups that you could go and do the other things with, like going on theatre trips. So we did a theatre trip. And I have to have a business head on when I'm doing all of this stuff. Like things have to make money to be able to pay for themselves. I don't think you realise how many things need paying for. You know, I edit the podcast myself. Thankfully, I have a degree in sound. I'm a little bit savvy with tech. So I save myself money doing that. Although I did have someone that used to do it, Lauren. She was fabulous and she helped. Social media, I predominantly run myself. I've been helped this year by Nao. She's been fantastic as well. Sometimes I need help just because... Some bits are faffy and I don't want to do it. Sometimes this makes sense to do because then I start thinking about what can I make and repurpose for social media. I, If anyone ever wants help with social media and planning how to build your marketing systems in the basic sense of especially TikTok, but TikTok on Reels, I, I am there. If anyone wants that as a side, side help, TikTok in particular is one of my favourites. I haven't got hacks for it. I just learned how to work it to really speak to people in a particular way to take a bunch of trends I love that bit because that feeds straight into the creativity bit wouldn't matter what the industry was bloody love it so that's been interesting to me but yeah as I say then creatively bringing the help to you so we had the single girls come and the first mixer was our kind of anniversary birthday event still our biggest event that one and I'm hoping we can do that we then had Manchester opened up by well opened up by me but really handed over to Sarah to continue the events and we're hoping to see four to six events happen there next year. The idea being that we're keeping the events less frequent just because of cost of living. We've got to help people meet one another without putting the pressure on the finances and being realistic about how much people can attend. So if we do four to six, that means it's more viable than doing one every month that people might have to skip on because of cost of living. We know that finances are stretched the same time, I want to give better value for money. So we start in Essex with a workshop with social built in so that it's not just seen as fun. It's always going to be fun. That's one of our values, right? In the handbook that I created when I wrote it out for Sarah, fun is in there and it's explained. It'll be given to anyone that ever works for the Single Girls Club. There are guiding principles and it's kind of whatever energy I bring, I want people to replicate. They're not going to be the same as me. If you 
get me in attendance. Wonderful. I'll be there. I'll guide you through whatever we're doing. I'll be there to chat. But at the same time, anyone else should be bringing that same energy and positivity and support through single life. And it is not all just about finding someone to complete you because that's not the point of the single girls club. But it is this element of, okay, okay, we want you to be able to come together as girls, meet one another, have those opportunities. But let's also be purposeful in what we can help you with. Let's do them as workshops so that you get something out of the sessions too, as well as the connections and the friendships. And then when it is £20, it doesn't, it, it gives you better value for your money, even more for your money to be able to enjoy. So it's coming up with that, the coaching program. Like I am a teacher. My job for seven years was to plan how most effectively to teach people what is sometimes deemed one of the most difficult subjects is a very Marmite subject, which was maths. And I know that I made maths interesting to a number of people that couldn't care less about maths, or at least gave them the confidence to believe in themselves and to do the best that they could. That was always what I did. My job was not really teaching maths. It was self-confidence and belief whilst delivering effectively information about maths and how to carry out procedures. And that is now what I do when I create these programs. I find tools and concepts and beliefs and I bring them together to help you live your single life. And the first program was, it was actually called Sort Your Single Life Out for six weeks. uh, And one person joined on that. Thank you to that person who basically let the foundation of the Single Life Confidence program be created. And then Single Life Confidence became double the length. It became 12 weeks, which just had its first cohort go through. And now we've got the next cohort going through. So in theory, I, I call it Single Life Confidence Cohort 2. Actually, it's probably Cohort 3 in some ways. But that's what's happening in January, as well as the introduction of the dating program, which I'll come back to in a little bit. Alongside that, we've got the Kickstarter calls. There's so much that now goes on. And my my intention is still in whatever ways to empower women to live their life their way. That's the overarching aim. The company is set up under a different name. It's called the Free Female Limited. You're free as a female to do what you want. And I just so happen in this instance to be helping single women to do that because I feel I've got that experience. I can understand what it's like. And I think we need that support for those people. I think we as singles want a resource. We want ways to connect with other single girls. We don't want to be left out and we don't just want to be encouraged to find someone to be with forever. And there's been radio interviews this year. I was on a panel for a czar on Valentine's Day. There's been lots of little things that have gone on, articles that have gone out. It's been a fascinating year for the business and we have, which I'm so excited about, the New Year's Eve get mode. If you're listening to this on the day of release, I will be there or on my way to the venue right now because I get there the day before. This is like the most exciting way to end the year. I normally don't love New Year's Eve and I have to come up with something to do and this was part of why it is there, but I will be on my way to Brighton as we speak or I will be there setting up the event for the single girls to enjoy. And at at present, there's meant to be about 12 of us all together. There might be a few more by the time uh, this goes out, but it's just a way to bring single girls together to enjoy New Year's Eve. We've got pizza movie night. We've got a workshop. Let's get that planned. Just have fun on New Year's Eve and be somewhere. Something that you couldn't do. You can't do it. I mean, you can hire a house on your own if you want. Where are you going to find the people to fill it? Are you just going to sit in an Alice in Wonderland themed house on your own? No, I don't want you to. I mean, you can do that if you want. But I don't want you to be doing that on your own. I wanted to have a chance for single girls to have something to do. And I hope that we can do that again next year, whether it's that venue or a new one. But we keep 
bringing these opportunities for everybody to enjoy their single life and not feel like they're on their own if they are single. That said, between the start of that event being booked and now, one of the girls in particular is now back in a relationship. That was always going to happen. I figured that the odds were on that at least someone was going to be in that position. And dating and relationships has always been an intriguing element of this journey that I've been on. And I don't know what I intended for 2022, but I know it wasn't a heavy focus on dating. It wasn't like, I'm going to do this. It was probably, if anything, you know what? Now I think about the end of 2021. Now now it's all coming back to me. I was probably in a mindset of, of all the stuff that's going on right now, I don't need dating in there as well. Like I really don't. And I'm 95% sure that I wouldn't have had any dating apps around in that January, February, March time. It, it certainly wasn't getting the balance right if I was going to be on dating apps as well. So I'm, I personally think I was tending away from it at the beginning of the year. But I know at one point that I definitely did start going on the apps and met one person that I dated for four or five weeks or so, I think it was, maybe a little bit longer. And that was a really lovely experience, got on very well, but it turned out that they weren't ready for that kind of level of commitment, which was fine. And you might have seen the no contact series that I began to make. And that was the intention because I just wanted to be able to move past it. But I actually, I changed it. I didn't stick with the no contact rule because I felt differently about how I wanted to approach things. And I did actually want to try and stay friends with this person. It had only been four or five weeks. It seemed like it would be viable. And we did meet up a few times and got along. And we continued a friendship until about September time, actually. And they cancelled on me once and then just didn't really reconcile. So, you know, does that mean that they weren't my friend for that time? No, because some people are like, Boy, men, boys and girls can't be friends. Uh, or it doesn't work if you've dated and then you're trying to be friends. At the same time, they still remained a friend. It's just that it phased out in the same way as sometimes your friends do. I spoke on the last episode about letting people go and, and not holding on for friendships for the sake of it. And I kind of think this is an example. That doesn't mean that that ended badly, that they weren't friendly, that I wouldn't talk to them if I bumped into them in the street. I'm not going to delete them necessarily off all of my social media. They are still someone in the sort of outer circle. If you've been on the Single Life Confidence Programme, you'll know what I'm talking about. They're on those periphery points on the edge. I, I do believe you can have scenarios where that happens. That's how I chose to navigate that. I didn't feel I needed to execute a full no contact period, but I feel like that's one of the strongest things that you can do when you go through breakups is no contact periods and not as a manipulation to get people back, but as your own way of developing your sense of self again and realizing that you don't need a particular person in your life to be happy. So again, as I usually do after any interaction and relationship um, experience, like it doesn't have to be committed five, five year relationship. It's just the element of having interacted with someone. It's very much reestablishing self. So coming back off of those dating apps. So Maybe I flitted it on and off of them um, in the June, July time because it hadn't been particularly long, so it didn't take long to kind of re-establish self. Um, but relationships have always been fascinating, attachment theory in particular. I know that I was ready in 2022 whilst the end of 2021 wasn't fantastic and I was off of dating. When I did start to date again, I knew it was for all the right reasons. This was particularly important because I felt I previously at times have been doing things because I wanted to feel better. Whereas this felt very different when I'd gone into that approach in the May time and put myself back on dating apps. Mentally, I knew that it was because I felt really confident in myself 
And I wanted to go to the next level. And I knew that dating would bring that out. I knew that dating would bring the next layer out. Like I just, maybe I felt I was in some ways stagnant. And I knew that I wanted to start to work on some of the things that come from letting someone in, in an intimate way into your life and what relationships would test me on in terms of my communication, my patience and how it would impact on my growth and to be able to build something with someone. And that was very much an intention somewhere along the line. And I'd always paid attention to relationship and dating advice. In fact, the very first conversation that I'd had with a business coach, Samantha, she's fabulous, um, was the outline for a dating program because I felt it was actually the strongest thing that people wanted. Except when I eventually launched the idea around what I do and coaching, I tended away from it because I just didn't want to be another dating coach. I didn't want to be just another dating coach on Instagram telling you how to find the man of your dreams. Like it didn't sit with me well. So that's always been on the back burner, even though that was one of the first ideas that I had. But it's now time for it to come back. It's time for it to be looked at and to be shared with you. And we're starting 2023 off of a brand new coaching program, Back to Dating. I couldn't be more excited for this one. Single Life Confidence is great. And it's it's not a continuation, but you kind of almost have to be at peace with yourself and have that sense of self, which is what I work on with clients in Single Life Confidence, before you get on to get Back to Dating. And Back to Dating is not healing. The healing bit is almost before the Single Life Confidence. That's not here yet. It will be one day. But Back to Dating is back in. And I think that summarizes some of the things that I've learned over the years of dating and making terrible mistakes. I dated way too early. I wasn't engaging properly with my anxious attachment style. It was triggering left, right and center and I didn't really know what to do. It was all of those things put into an eight-week program, um, understanding what love and relationships are and what they aren't and learning how to set boundaries, expectations, dating apps, setting up your dating app setting up your dating profile for a little bit more of success, how to find those high quality people. And my experiences in dating, I've obviously mentioned one of them. I know I spoke to a number of people throughout the year. There were a couple of other dates that I went on. One was a really spontaneous one uh, where we met, we'd start chatting that afternoon and met that evening. Didn't hear from them after that. So that kind of eliminated that person quickly. Uh, there was another person I did go on one date with and we'd done some video calls, but that fizzled out that they strangely stopped messaging or arranging calls. I don't know if that was sort of the, I don't know when that timing was, if that was before the May person, the April, May person, or just after, I can't remember now, but they reappeared in the September because I'm not a blocker. I don't feel I need to block people that ghost. I just, it's intriguing to see when they come back. So September was this person's, uh, which was odd. Um, But yeah, there haven't been actually too many. I don't think there's been many more physical dates in 2022 apart from then starting to see someone in August 2022, which has continued to this day. Um, And that is how dating's been going for now. It's been less. I think I probably dated more people, spoke to more people in, in 2021 and 2020 in the latter half of it, but made lots more mistakes. And maybe that was a process that I had to go through. Whereas this year, And I was much more aware of what I was going into it for. I knew who I was with so much certainty. And when people didn't reply, it was easier to let go of, so much easier. And it was so much more obvious when 
potential opportunities were coming up for the right kinds of people. That person back in May was not a wrong person in terms of their character, but actually what they wanted didn't work with what I was looking for. And that ultimately was why that one didn't work. But that doesn't mean they were a horrible person. They were a bad character. We, the, our lives just didn't cross over. I felt like that was still um, a good quality potential candidate to have dated. And I felt like that with the August experience and is happening and continuing to happen from there. So dating's been interesting. It has taken me by surprise. I thoroughly enjoy the ideas around dating of communication is a big one because we're not taught that in schools. It's It can be wrapped up in some PSHE and I bring it in and I teach people about their feelings, their emotions, how to communicate within where the opportunities come up, like in domestic abuse topics or in talking about how who we are as characters and how we feel and introducing to feelings charts. If you've never looked up a feelings chart or a wheel, look it up. It's a lovely way to describe something more than being happy, sad or angry. Like learn the difference in your body about those different things. And through the experience I had of dating, those short stints, whether that was in 2021, 2022, have allowed me to build that up in myself to be able to communicate better. You can't get better at dating and relationships unless you're dating. Like you can't do it. You can't, you can practice some skills with your friends, but it but it takes it to a deeper level when you're actually dating and got intention of commitment and relationships. You can only start healing that part and only start practicing those skills once you're in them. And that's why I appreciate every short dating experience, as much as it might be sad to have things end when you thought it was going a particular way. I still appreciate that four to five to six week experience in May because I learned a lot and I saw how I could get through that and be okay the other side. Like there's so much to learn from the shorter dating experiences. Some of us write those off real quick. And I think one of the biggest things that I've taken and I would continue to talk about is that we have to do those little ones. We have to try them out because we have to see they're not for us, that person, that compatibility. But we also, within those times, get to practice some of the skills and we get to look out for the odd behavior that doesn't seem to suit what we're looking for. And we get to practice some level of communication and start testing our anxious attachment style and, and how much we really recovered from that, but also how we can communicate and how we can prove to ourselves that there are people out there that do want to work with you on it and support you. So, that's how my 2022 has been in the biggest chunk of things. It has been the experience of quitting my job and redesigning a life. It has been in building the business and what that is and the events that we run. And roll on 2023. It's going to be similar but different. And I can't wait to see what happens. And lastly, it is in dating. It's my enthusiasm for the idea around relationships. It's finally giving in to my instinct, which was I think people do want the dating element, but I think the single life confidence still has its place. It's needed for you to be ready for dating, else you go in and you make all the mistakes. And it's been interesting to have my own personal experiences of dating. And we'll see how those go in 2023, because you don't know what's going to happen at any turn with relationships, because it has another person involved. It's not something that you get to control or determine per se, because another human being has their own motives and decisions to make throughout that entire process. But that is my year in summary. They're the things I've been doing, things I'm proud of, and the things I enjoy. I've got the same friends I've had around me 
I want to thank them publicly because they're fantastic, the bunch of people I have around me for helping me sort my life out at times, being there in the most testing of times, being there for the rubbish that I send them from TikTok videos because I have so much more time than anyone else to look at TikTok videos. <laughs> um, you know, they mean the absolute world to me, all of those people. And to, you know, family in the same way. My family in particular have helped me out, not financially because I have money because I'm not working. I've just been hit with a few things like a leaky roof, a broken down car and wanting. That was more of a want. A new little sofa for over there. Watch out for a new location on some of the videos sometimes because we've got a new sofa to sit on, which is exciting. It's a sofa bed. Got it off Facebook Marketplace. Nothing's ever new, really. Um, but a big thank you to them as well. And lastly, a big thank you to you for being here every week, for sharing, for letting me know that this is useful to you. For it's, I don't need to know that I inspire you per se, but it is nice to hear that it's helped you, that it's got you through, that your mindset is shifting. And then when I get to meet some of you in person, whether that's in the coaching program, like so many of you attend so many different things sometimes, like this first getaway is going to be particularly special because I know a number of those people have, I mean, have had faith in me to set this up, to do it right and to make a good show out of the event, which I will do. My birthday party, my 18th was planned a year before it ever happened. Like that's how I feel about the New Year's Eve getaway. And it's going to be special. But then from every year on there, everyone that ever comes through the Single Girls Club, through Chantel the Coach, through the programs, through coming to an event, a workshop, an online thing, it's just going to be special to have experienced some of that with you. It's a bit like dating. Whether you're here for two weeks or you're here for two years, you have a place in this community through listening to this podcast. And I thank you for being here, for working through the programs, for empowering your own single life and for making the very best of it. I hope you have a fantastic New Year's Eve. Celebrate the last few days of 2022, and I will see you for the very first episode in 2023. Go and celebrate your single life. Let's make 2023 the year that you're going to go out there and make stuff happen for yourself. I will see you there.